When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Halloween night, Bears fans, and welcome to this episode of the CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up, and you will, well, obviously get yourself a pretty good deal inside of DraftKings, and we'll talk about some bets here tonight. How's it going? Will DeWitt, Reg Braggs, Nicholas Moriano, and we are here to talk about well, we have a lot of news to talk about. We got some Spider-Man going on over here. It scared the heck out of me, actually. Like that? Yeah. Nice. Huh. How's it going, guys? Well, Brent, I actually have the same hoodie. I'm, I, I was like looking at it. I'm like, wait, I have that hoodie. I have no idea where it was at. I was trying to find it before. And you see we got um, Will over here with a little bit of Fortnite action. Yeah. So we, we got everything going. I just have a mustache. So. Yeah, Addy's um, in a big Spider-Man kick right now. So love it. Je- Jenny, Addy, and I were all... Spider-Man variations, and then they sent leotards with each mask. And I'm not, I'm not in the shape to be wearing a leotard right now. So I had to get a hoodie to, you know, just class it up. If I was wearing a leotard, I might have scared the neighborhood a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, leotard was not on my bingo card for like words that I was going to hear in this episode. It only took a minute, 57 seconds, Greg. Congratulations. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, Halloween's one of our favorite uh, holidays here at the Braggs residence. So yesterday I was sloth and I was scaring the neighborhood around the CHGO studios today. I just thought I'd bring a little Spider-Man to the show. Multiverse action. I like it a lot. So, This is an interesting episode because I had an entire thing outlined and I knew what I (laughs) I wanted to talk about. I had a great idea for a fun Halloween edition of CHGO Bears After Dark. And then a few hours ago, I had to throw it out the window because the Bears traded Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens. And I know we've already had an emergency pod on it, but by golly, we're going to start with this news and talk about it some more. So in case you live under a rock, the Bears trade Roquan to the Ravens. They have a 2023 second and fifth round pick and veteran linebacker AJ, AJ Klein in return for um, the Ravens. Nick, you were at Howis Hall earlier today. What was like the vibe like in the building when that news broke? I'm really curious. I think, well, it happened immediately after Dominique Robinson finished up his press conference, the last one of the day. So the media just went back you know, write their stories, do whatever they had to do afterwards. And then everyone gets on Twitter and, or probably everyone's already on Twitter and bam, there's the in-wrap report dropping the news that the bears had announced a trade. So immediately it's everybody going into to work mode and seeing 
Well, is Ryan Poles going to show up to talk about this? He did after Robert Quinn, and we we got word that he wasn't going to speak after this one, maybe tomorrow after the trade deadline. But it was just, I think it was a little bit of, I don't know if shock's the right word. People, you could obviously see why the Bears, you know, made the trade, but that is the second season-long captain in five days that Ryan Poles has decided to trade away. And I wrote, you know, a quick, quick story up on allchgo.com. And, you know, in it, I, I, again, I see why Ryan Poles wanted to make the trade, but I wonder how this is going to resonate with the locker room. We saw the reactions from Roquan Smith himself after Robert Quinn was traded. Yep. A lot of players, you know, looked up to, to Roquan, how he played and obviously how his situation was in the beginning. So it's going to be interesting. And we'll get a indication on Wednesday when open locker room happens, how this Bears team is handling this because there's some tough moves as a GM that you're going to have to make. And that is arguably the toughest one, trading away a 25-year-old, two-time second all-pro linebacker, and doing it for, for draft picks for next season. So it's going to be interesting how the team handles this news. You're exactly right there, Nick. Started with Khalil Mack. Took a while, but another yep. big one with Quinn and last week. And now Roquan, you said surprise. And I, I think I was personally surprised. I was going to pick up my kid from school. I was waiting in the car pickup line. Saw that tweet come in. And like, I think my mouth like went agape there for a minute. Like, whoa. Like, I thought we would be active at the trade deadline, but I didn't expect Roquan to be shipped away. And, and you know, to Baltimore, which I think they play a 3-4 defense, so he's going to go back into that 3-4 inside linebacker role, which is, I think, a better fit still for him. Greg, I just want to know, like, what's your vibe check after this after this trade? Yeah, I'm, well, it's, it is shocking uh, without question. But, you know, I, for me personally, I've, I've been a big Ryan Poles fan for, for a while now. He's showing his moxie as a first-time GM. He's not afraid to make the moves that are necessary. And I know a lot of fans are frustrated because like, oh, you know, why trade Khalil Mack? Why trade, you know, Roquan Smith or, you know, you know, Robert Quinn. These are guys that are already here. Talent's here. But at the end of the day, we've been stuck in 500 football hell for a long time now Mm -hmm. here in Chicago. And the only way to get out of that is to put your feet halfway in the water one way or the other. The Rams, right, they just throw money at it as much as they possibly can. They won a Super Bowl, so good for them. Their strategy eventually worked. I'm sure they had their doubts, but then they got their quarterback last year, and that led them to the promised land. For the Bears, they've been kind of just stuck in this, you know, the middle of the ocean trying to figure this out. You can't go halfway. Once you start to cross a certain – you cross the ocean, you got to go the whole way. It's I know I'm going with my – my symbolism here, but it's the truth. And so if Ryan Poles is going to go for a rebuild, you got to go the whole way. Mm -hmm. You know, I've said it before. I said it at the end of one of our shows here, Will, you know, as a bricklayer, it's the same thing. When you rebuild a house, when they ask us to come in and rebuild a house, if you try to patchwork it, it's not going to, we're going to be back in five years fixing it again. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you want to rebuild it correctly, you got to rip it down to the foundation. And that is what Ryan Poles is doing here. Is it going to work? Is the house going to look good when it's finished? Well, that's yet to be determined. But the correct way to get out the starting blocks is what he's doing. So I like how he's attacked the offseason. I like how he you know, ripped up the offensive line and, and rebuilt it, at least put the foundational pieces, got Braxton Jones in here. I like how he's handled some different things. 
And I, I, I'm going to sign off on what he's doing until he proves me otherwise wrong. So, you know, um, I like Ryan Paul's moxie so far. Yeah, again, it's interesting to watch someone of the caliber of Roquan Smith go, and yet, like you, Greg, I feel okay about it because I thought keeping Roquan around with his comments that he made in training camp that he came out with personally about the you know the negotiation process that we were just kind of like prolonging the inevitable that he was just going to end up not being a Chicago Bear. I know they could have franchised him next year. You're still paying him a lot of money. And then after the fact, like what you have the transitional tag, maybe, but that's just such a, he doesn't want to play uh, under that. He wanted a deal and he's probably going to find one there in Baltimore and good for him. And at least for the bears, they got something back in return. And so just letting him walk for nothing and right. so getting two picks out of this to me is a great thing for the future. Like you said, getting the foundation, allowing polls to have more draft capital, and we'll see if he can continue building through the draft. And we're not going to tie up a lot of money at the weak side linebacker position here in Matt Eberflus's defense, at least right now. Nick, do you think there's anything else? I know you mentioned the trade in lines were knocking on the door. Anything else you think could be up Ryan Poles's sleeve? I wouldn't rule anything out, you guys. Um, I've seen David Montgomery in this chat here. Look, if it's also David Montgomery's in that contract here, whether or not they're going to decide if they they need to pay him, you could franchise him. I think for a running back, it's only like nine million, so it's actually not that bad at, in relation to what you would have to franchise tag a linebacker for. So maybe the Bears go that route. But look, they trade away. Robert Quinn made sense. Older guy. Mm-hmm. When Roquan Smith is traded, a 25-year-old, that kind of leaves things open to you know anybody uh, on this roster could be traded away. And what can who can you actually trade and get value for? In my mind, you're thinking like a couple of guys. David Montgomery's one of them, and you're not saying that this is going to happen. But who else would get a you know good compensation for? Probably Nettie Jackson, if you're thinking of that. But that I don't think is going to be in in the works for Ryan Poles. But I wouldn't. Anything, anything can be in in the equation here because Ryan Pohl, uh, Matty Reflu said it today in his press conference that him, uh, Ryan Poles, and Ian Cunningham are going to be going to work uh, over these next couple of hours to see what can potentially happen. And obviously, he's going to be involved in that. But it's it's everything's on the table. Like going back to you know oh. a similar phrase, yeah. But it is well. I think that's because there's no connection that Ryan Poles being a first year GM has to any of these guys that weren't that were here previously. So if you can get allocations of good draft picks, he's already, he's nine in 2023 and over 125 million salary cap for next season. He take as many shots in the draft as you can with your guys, the guys you want. And if that means training away the players that are currently on here, uh, Pulse has shown he's capable of doing that. Right. And this is going to go ahead, Greg. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's, that's where I'm at. Ryan Poles has shown that he's a pretty good draft evaluator. I know Valus Jones has had his struggles, but Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon are emerging. Braxton Jones, a fifth-round offensive tackle. That's not easy to come in, and I get the Bears roster is bare, and that's why he's getting a starting opportunity. But at the same time, he beat out other guys that were playing in those positions to take that left tackle spot in the offseason, and he's played fairly well for a fifth-round left tackle. A, a punter in Trenton Gill. You know, he's, he's brought in guys already in his first year. Again, I understand Valus Jones has made mistakes, but he's brought guys in that already can contribute. So it shows me that he can evaluate the draft well. Roquan Smith, you brought up the franchise tag. We could have franchise tagged him. And then he could have held out 
You know, I mean, look at the letter yep. he put out in the fan the, on family day in training camp. He's not happy with this front office. If they had franchise tag him, that's a huge risk for Roquan to play under a franchise tag waiting for a contract. He could have held out. So I don't blame them at all. And I have a lot of faith that Ryan Poles is a good draft evaluator. And now you've given him a lot of bullets to fire away when the draft comes around. And I think it's going to reap the Green Bay Packers have been building through the draft for decades. And we always try to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Let's start doing it the right way and building through the draft. I'm all for it. And the thing is, like you mentioned, polls and his ability to evaluate in the draft. And last year, he didn't have his own staff really in place. And he had to go off of the scouting reports from the other GM. I don't want to put a dollar into the jar. So you know what I'm trying to say here, the other GM's guys. So this year should only be better. And he has, like you said, Nick, all of the shots in the chamber to go ahead and fire away at this thing. I'm personally excited. And if you are like thinking about the future, it just makes a lot of sense, especially with a cap situation too because i know they had a lot of money but how far down the road do you want to tie it up because you just don't know exactly where those foundational pieces are going to come to be still throughout the next year or two and this will allow them with even more flexibility down the road so nick mentioned david montgomery which i believe is a very hot commodity right now for someone that could still potentially be traded is there anyone else that's on like that bubble that you can see or is david about it I mean, who else gives you compensation back? Like, there's not a lot of good players on this Bears roster. And I mentioned the only other guy that I can really think of right now, Eddie Jackson. But, I, again, the way he's playing, mm-hmm. and now he just – he's now a permanent captain. Matty Rafluse said that today. He wore the C in the loss to the Cowboys, the captain. Um, and he is going to be a, com- a captain for the remainder of the season. But other than that, there really isn't anybody else that you're getting much for. And so that's that's the that's why you're making these trades. You, you're trading these guys, and like a guy like Roquan, still young, is was leading the league in total tackles. Um, and you know, obviously, didn't play his best game against the Cowboys, no doubt. No. But he is still a good football player. I think when I, I tweeted out earlier, like, okay, if the Bears' defense was as bad as it was against the Cowboys, imagine what it's going to look like the rest of the season. That was with Roquan Smith. The defense doesn't get better without him. And I think a lot of people are putting a lot of hype into Jack Sanborn and, you know, feeling that, you know, effortlessly. <laughs> Adam, it's Adam like, is putting a lot of hype yeah, like, so. come on now. Let's, let's actually be realistic with this. Roquan Smith is a good football player. He was, he was having an up and down season, but the defense does not get better without him. And the Ravens agreed to this trade, given a second and a fifth. And most Bears fans would agree. That's a good trade. They saw something in Roquan Smith. That's a team that's contending. They think Roquan Smith can definitely help them get to where they want to go. So I know there's a lot of slander on Roquan, especially in, in my mentions, but let's clear it up. Roquan Smith is a good football player, and let's not forget that because right. he's having you know some up-and-down games here. Right. There's a talent level drop-off and a depth drop-off. I mean, mm-hmm. same with Robert Quinn. Was he having a great year this year? No. But when you lose that, A, the talent and experience, experience is another factor – and then the depth, the depth is also a huge factor because there's always injuries throughout a football game and you lose that depth. Bears are already razor thin depth wise coming into the season and they've had a litany of injuries. So, you know, that's going to take a huge hit and that's where it is like, damn, you know, I understand why they did it, but the secondary has started to emerge. They played well against new England, you know, obviously Dallas beat the brakes off them, but now without Roquan, without Robert Quinn, depth in question experience you know takes a hit 
it, they're going to give up a lot of points, even maybe more so than they already were. I mean, don't forget their second half defensive stats have been very good all season. And then Dallas obviously took it to them. Uh, one of the touchdowns given up by the offense, but regardless now that's, it's going to be even worse than what we've already experienced this year. And that for the secondary that was starting to emerge, that's going to make life even harder for them with a pass rush that's suspect. And now a linebacking core that's basically non-existent. So bears are going to struggle to win some games here the rest of the year. And I saw a lot of bears fans after the game yesterday, taking the moral victory approach. I know some people cringe when they hear that, but I saw those and heard those sentiments quite a bit after the game against Dallas, which I thought was kind of ironic because, you know, when we brought it up after the Minnesota game, that felt even more so because it was closer. This was where we got the brakes beat off us, but the (laughs) overlining fact is Justin Fields is starting to emerge. Will put out a great post about his numbers over the last two games against two very good defenses on the road. And that's the silver lining that we're all going to have to just keep hanging on to. And as long as Justin Fields and an offense without very much talent around him can continue to develop and improve, we're all going to feel good about where this Bears team is heading with a lot of cap space and a lot of draft picks for the offseason and Ryan Poles. I see this comment here from Andrew James, like, why watch? Bears football at this point, and you just said it. Two words, Justin Fields. Watch his development. I mean, that's that's priority number one without question. And moves like this just make what I said a few weeks ago on the After Dark show just so much easier about, like, my new mindset for the year about not caring about wins and losses. I just want to see the foundation come to pieces. The pieces come together. Watch players develop. And since then, I've seen Justin Fields take strides. And knowing Roquan's not here, knowing the defense – as we mentioned, most likely he's going to give up even more points than they have been over the majority of the season without Roquan. Man, like entering a game, like I was like, all right, like I don't have any expectations for this defense, or at least any high expectations for this defense. So de- focusing on development is going to be so much easier now without Roquan here and what that kind of the impact it has on this defense. So, Nick, you mentioned Jack Sanborn. But really, like, what do you expect the Bears to do here? Because is Jack Sanborn a guy that you can see plug and play into the will? Is he more of the Mike? Does Morrow go over to the will? What about AJ Klein? He's been, he was like on the Giants practice squad, was learning about, like, just got signed to them. And then the Ravens like, nah, we're going to assign him to our active roster a couple of weeks ago. So he went from one practice squad to an active roster, learned two different defenses, and now he's learned a third within a month. So I don't expect him to, I know he's like a 10 year vet, but I don't expect him to be able to come in and be a strong contributor out of the gate. Like how does this impact the bears defense from like a personnel standpoint? I'm trying to figure out how the pieces will fall. Well, when Roquan Smith wasn't participating in uh, training camp, it was Matt Adams that was filling in for that spot. And you had Nicholas Moore also there, you know, it's probably going to be some of that. I know Sanborn was playing more of that strong linebacker mm-hmm. in, in the game against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So I think it's going to be a mixture of guys, and you might as well just assess the young talent that is on this roster. Look, the Bears obviously couldn't compete with the Dallas Cowboys with Roquan Smith on the field, so now you kind of just mess around with some things. You can get interesting with the fronts up, you know, up front in terms of what you want to do, but it's you just they don't have anybody that just – plug and play will fill that spot and you, you're going to feel good about it. It's going to be, you know, a lot of trial and error. There's going to be extended drives on this defense moving forward. The bears 
have such a tough task this Sunday against the Dolphins. I know we'll get into that with their two receivers and what they can do to stretch the field vertically, but there isn't just a guy. It's going to take a bunch of guys, and even that's not going to quite do replicate what Roquan was capable of. And like I said, up and down season, but yeah, there's not really a good answer for what the Bears have currently on this roster. I liked what I saw out of Sam Bourne in the series that he got to play earlier in the Dallas game when I did my rewatch earlier this morning. Man, like once he's on the field, he's always around the ball, just like he was in preseason. He was in and around every single tackle, and I was very appreciative of the effort that he was playing with. And maybe the Bears were thinking ahead a bit here and got him on the field just to start seeing like some of that range. Where can we put him? And let's not forget about Sterling Weatherford, too, who's that guy who uh, we signed from the Colts after he was uh, one of the last cuts. He's been a special teams ace. He's super fast, rangy, so that he could be someone that gets some of these reps for the Bears to kind of look at and assess uh, as we go throughout the next few weeks uh, this season. Greg, any thoughts about what Roquan and the loss of him is going to do or yeah, do to the Bears from a schematic standpoint or a personnel standpoint? Well, as I said, um, as I, my mic was muted, uh, as I You're said, good. you know, it's it's taken a huge hit. There's no replacing him. Just going to be three, three, you know, guys that don't have as much experience. It, 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 it is what it is at this point. You're just playing out the rest of this year and and you're not. I mean, would they bring in uh, A.J. Klein from the Ravens? I mean, Nick, you might be able to speak on this better than me. How fast can he assimilate to playing under this defense? I'm assuming not soon when you look at the way other players have come into this team uh, coming off injury. Uh, it's taken a while for some players to adjust and get the amount of snaps that some fans think they should get. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to take a huge hit. You know, they're going to it's going to be tough on this defense the rest of the year. There's no question about it. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to just close the book on the Roquan talk for now. I, I think this is going to be a discussion uh, for Bears and Bears fans for quite a while. And I, I, I know, Nick, when you get the house hall tomorrow, I'm sure it's going to be another hot topic. Well, and let me just say, too. House hall um, tomorrow, actually, you guys. Yeah, in studio. So the Bears are off tomorrow. Yeah. Wednesday okay. will be back, and we'll see With how that Wednesday goes. Wednesday back. I'm surprised Ryan Poles didn't meet with the media, but there is still like 20 hours left. In, um, you know, this trade deadline period. So there could be more news that drops tomorrow. And that was what I was going to say. There could be more breaking news and maybe another emergency podcast, uh, because I do got to shout out our guys, you know, Adam Hogue and Mark Carmen and, and everybody, you know, behind the scenes at CHGO, they, they put together a, a emergency pod. Nick was on earlier too. Corey Wooten on his drive back home. And they put together a great show for instant reaction. And I, I highly suggest everybody go back when they get a chance uh, and watch that as well, because they did a really nice job throwing that together at uh, at the very quick second that they did. And it was uh, very entertaining because the emotions were high at that moment. So mm -hmm. um, highly suggest you go back and watch that. But it'll be interesting to see if anything else comes to pass here in the next day. I am literally like on my toes, just waiting for a <laughs> How do you think the players feel? <laughs> True. True. <laughs> All right, Nick, uh, you, since you were at House Hall today, is there anything other than this Roquan breaking news that came when you're there that we should know about? I'm curious if, if you have any other updates for us. Yeah, guys, it was a pretty uh, uneventful day overall. Maddie Refluce did speak. 
So did Dominique Robinson and Khalil Herbert. I think the, I guess some takeaways from Eberflus's um, press conference. He was asked about the deep passes that were not completed in the game. One to Valis. There was one to EQ in the front right corner in the end zone. And um, in the very first play of the game. And Matty Eberflus said about that first play, yeah, Justin just needs to air that ball out. And maybe EQ can do a better job of coming back to it. But that's a pass that he does need to just lead EQ to go and get because he did have a couple steps on him. And then he's like, but let's talk about the other ones. And I thought that was interesting how he kind of transitioned from, okay, yeah, Justin, just air it out a little bit more. We know you have a good deep ball. You'll hit it next time. Then he went to talking about Valus. And he said that was a money ball or, or some, something along those lines. That was, a, a you know, on the money. And, you know, for him to say that, and obviously, you know, we were working with Valus and with all the things he's still going through, but to kind of just say that, that Justin put it in a spot where only he could get it, didn't make the play. Then he mentioned EQ well, on the free play where one of the Cowboys defenders jumps off sides, Justin Fields takes a shot. That ball was in a good placement and EQ being, you know, one of the taller receivers on the team couldn't come down and make the catch. And that's what you're seeing too, you guys. Even though Justin Fields is taking those steps in these past two games, you're still seeing the talent deficiency at the wide receiver position. If those were guys that are, you know, better, maybe those plays get completed and you're seeing, you know, Justin Fields' stats even look a little bit better. But, you know, Eberflus did mention that. And then the other obvious one takeaway is like, what did you like about the 20-point loss against the Cowboys? Well, we like our run game. We like how everyone's committed to it. We see like our receivers are you know, committed to this approach, the tight ends, everybody's committed to the run game and that's what the Bears do best. So they're going to keep building off of that and keep that as the identity of the offense. But other than that, you guys, there there wasn't really too much from how saw the updates there and, you know, kind of, you know, and a, a game, uh, press conferences after the fact of the game, usually pretty dry, but, mm -hmm. you know, all the juicy stuff came right after it was done when Roquan Smith was traded. <laughs> no but what you're saying is like frustrating it is like that these receivers aren't making the plays it's also equally exciting for justin's future because he's making the right reads and not just making the right throw but hitting those throws putting it in the right placement it's just the guys around him that need to step up and play better for him so i think that just makes me feel even better because Greg mentioned like the tweet that I had about what Justin's been able to accomplish statistically since the mini buy. And just imagine what those numbers would be if he hit on a couple of those throws. There's even one like Dante Pettis in the left corner of the end zone too, where he had a chance. Now that one was a much more difficult play with the defender pretty much in blanket coverage, but again, another 50, 50 type of ball in the end zone that a receiver had a chance to come down with. And for Justin, uh, I have some things that I want to talk about towards the end of the show from when I saw from a rewatch revelations, but it's all good stuff. People, it really is. Yeah. And Nick, you mentioned as far as Eberflus talking about how they are sticking to the run and committing to the run. That's one of my biggest questions here going forward. Now that Roquan's out, and yes, they gave up 42 points, but now it's even more of a foregone conclusion they're going to continue to give up numbers like that week to week. I mean, Dallas is a great team, so they're going to put they're going to put it on you, especially at the Bears' caliber of talent, you know, on that defensive line and just all across the board. But these other teams going forward, and they do have a very tough schedule, they're going to continue to give up points like this, in my opinion. And that's going to be my biggest question is how much can, because I really feel like Luke Getze has found something 
Justin Fields and Luke Getze together. But really, in this conversation, Luke Getze has really found his rhythm as an as a play caller and an offensive coordinator. And how much is he going to continue to keep that balance with this number one rushing team in the NFL now that they may be down a few scores for most of the games they're playing in? Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, if we're having this year be all about Justin and his development, playing from behind in the fourth quarter, as much as it sucks to say the Bears may be playing from behind in the fourth quarter, great experience for him to have throughout this season to build on for next year and beyond. I keep seeing Mark in the chat. Mark, if you ever want to come on the Monday edition of After Dark, just click the link in Slack, and uh, <laughs> we will throw you in the show. You're always welcome, man. You are. I got to hear right. enough from him. <laughs> no, I'm He's always welcome. Ooh. All right. So Greg, I was thinking, cause you were telling us like you're already preparing for two truths and a lie. And unfortunately <laughs> for you, I replaced that game this week, but I think it's an easier game. I'm calling it enough. Uh, it's going to be trick or treat. I thought it was there festive it here hey, for Halloween. Clever. Night. Thank clever. you. Like so it. it's, same idea, but instead of giving you three different things, I'm going to give you one. And you're going to say, is this a trick or am I trying, am I trying to trick you? Or is this a real treat? I have five of them. So we just have five things here to go through. So the first round of trick or treat is that Justin Fields passer rating over the last two weeks is top 10 in the NFL. That's a treat. I guarantee it. He's been uh fantasy wise top three or top four of all quarterbacks in the NFL. So I guarantee that's a treat. No, it's a treat as well. Hell yeah. It's a treat. It's a treat for us. It's a treat for you. You got it right. Congratulations. Let's go to this one. Oh oh, yeah. I like this one. Sam Mustafer is the highest graded offensive lineman, according to PFF over for the bears over the last two weeks in pass protection. Is that a trick or is that a treat? Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it sounded like a, a treat the way it's kind of being phrased here. I'm going. I'm going to go treat. Yeah, I want to go treat as well. I mean, they they put up some points here, so I'm going to go treat. Yeah, weirdly enough, Sam Mustafer highest graded Bears offensive lineman over the last two weeks in terms of pass protection. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Again, it kind of to me, this is one of those that you're like, okay, PFF grades. Like, I see you for what you are. <laughs> That's why I like their stats more than their grades. That's what's funny about people with PFF. I've always laughed when it's a stat people don't like. They're like, screw you, PFF. What do you know? And then when it's a stat that benefits your player or team, you're like, they immediately are retweeting it and and, and promoting it. What is that? Uh, What bias is that? It's not recency (laughs) bias. It's the one. Damn it. I hate when things escape my mind. All right. Confirmation bias. There it is. Thank you. you. It was going to eat at me the rest of the night. I knew it would, so I made sure to help you out there. (laughs) I appreciate it. What about this one? Khalil Herbert is a top three running back this season in yards after contact per attempt at 4.10. Giving out the treats today, Will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have one. Nick, you said trick. It's a trick. Yeah, I, I tricked you. You he did. Is, he is fourth, not top three. He's fourth. See, sneaky. See what he does. See <laughs> what he does. I knew he was up there. That was a trick. Mm-hmm. He's behind Brees Hall, Rashad Penny, and a guy we're familiar with, uh, Tony Pollard. But but mm-hmm. Brees Hall's out for Brees the Hall. year. 
So, mm-hmm. in all due respect to Brees, I think he just slid out. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Until he has an average <laughs> higher. Okay. What about this one? Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery practically have a 50-50 split of carries this year for the Bears. Something we've been asking for for over a year, but has it actually happened? Are they about 50-50 this year? About 50-50. That's a I'd treat. Say that's a treat. Mm-hmm, that's a treat. 91 carries for Khalil Herbert, 92 for David Montgomery. Wow. Couldn't well, get much many, closer than that. And how many games was Montgomery out, though? Because that's that's for the season, right? Correct. It's for, for the that, season. It's so that I, even I know the time it. with but Herbert out, right? But it's a stat, and it was my confirmation bias, I and I wanted to roll with it. I got you. <laughs> I got you. No, I, and to me, Herbert has played better. <laughs> and that's a cre- and that's not a knock to Montgomery. He's a great running back. It's it's a credit and a compliment to how well Khalil Herbert has played this year. So he's playing five games. Just checked it real quick, you guys. David mm-hmm. Montgomery, five games this season. But for a snap by snap or carry by carry basis, Greg, you're 100 correct that Herbert has been playing at a, at least being much more efficient with his touches than oh, Montgomery nope. has. I lied. Seven games. So, <laughs> I guess ESPN only shows the five, and now I'm just looking at 2022. Seven, seven games played. That's why we stalled for you. So you there we go. Appreciate it. All right, teamwork. We got one more. The Bears have one player in the top 50 in the NFL for pass rushers in terms of pressures generated. Do the Bears have at least one guy in the top 50 for pressures generated in the NFL? Top 50. I'm gonna let you go this time, Nick. Uh, it's going to be a treat with Justin Jones. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say trick. Greg, get yourself a piece of candy. Because that is, because that is a trick. Travis Gibson has the most pressures on the team for the bears. And he ranks 56th in the NFL with 19 pressures generated just to put into scope the the issue that is the lack of pass rush for, for yeah. the Chicago Bears. Not good. Not good. All right. Let's uh, get into some housekeeping here real quick. And I just want to tell you about a new sponsor of ours, ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. Comet offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC system, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Uh, An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last about two hours. And then after that, within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, projected project costs, potential incentives, and a simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering dash biz. That's B-I-Z for biz. Ready to sign up for a facility assessment? Call us at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a Comed Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on our website at comed.com slash facility assessment. All right, you guys, I got to tell everybody about Shady Rays. Usually Will tells you about them, but now it's my turn. Just in case you don't know, Shady Rays are premium 
polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered for everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, which, you know, happens to some people, they told us, CHGO, that they'll send you a whole new, brand new pair, just like that. So lose them on day one, no questions asked. Dropped in the lake, you decide to just throw them off a cliff after watching the Bears defense, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that you can tell just by holding in your hand. It seems just as good as an expensive pair that everyone has, you know, had in their, when you, you buy sunglasses and you get the same exact quality, but that awesome protection plan with Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. If you use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all the newest and best shades. And again, that code is CHGO. All right. This is the CHGO Bears After Dark Halloween Night Edition. And if it's maybe it's a trick or a treat that Roquan has traded, depending on your perspective, I did a poll on my own Twitter. Was it a trick? Was it a treat? And I think it's like an 80-20 split. Bears fans calling it a treat, getting the return that the Bears did with the multiple draft picks, plus a veteran linebacker in return. Nick, I know you need a bounce because you have to go watch a movie. What movie are you going to go see tonight? Uh, Stephanie and I are going to go watch Smile. Um, that mm. that I, mm-hmm. There's been some really cool, I guess, Advertisers that they put those people like in behind home plate and they're just smiling all weird in the background. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna go watch that. We got some free tickets, so gonna go use them. And you know, I'm someone that can easily get scared, especially in a movie theater watching it for the first time. So we'll see how this goes. But we're gonna go see Smile, see see how that goes at night too. Are you the guy that like throws his popcorn like ah like jump scared and it no, goes no no I mean. I usually eat all the popcorn before the movie starts, so I can't throw it everywhere, but we'll see. See how it works tonight. All right, Nick. Have a good night. Thanks for hopping on, and I will see you on Thursday. I will, Greg. Adios. Later, Nick. All right, that was Nick, and now we're going to bring on our second guest of the evening, and that is Cody Delmendo, and we're going to talk some bets here for the next segment of the show. Cody, you are <laughs> repping CHO Bears with that crew sweatshirt. Looking good, man. Thanks. Uh, was just having a good time listening to you guys talk. So happy that I now get to talk with you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited to talk with you. Very too. convincing, Cody. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm feeling good tonight, especially gambling wise, because I am two and zero, and the game isn't even over yet. I had Joe Burrow to throw an interception. I tweeted that out. You What's the score right it. now? It's eight to zero. It's a real barn burner. Wow. <laughs> The Browns, are, Browns. the Browns are 11 0 now. They just kicked a field goal. The Browns so, are winning. Yeah, Browns are winning 11 0. Uh, I tweeted a video earlier to take Browns plus three and a half. And then I added, you know, Joe Burrow uh, to throw one interception. And I had Nick Chubb first touchdown as well. Like, I'm it, as long as the Browns don't completely blow this game, the three and a half is looking good. So I'm feeling really smart tonight, guys. So I, I'm <laughs> I, you. You're having me on at the perfect time. 
I'm, I'm red hot right now. And have they shut down the under for Thursday night football? Because it <laughs> seems to hit every week. Yeah. Well, even on Monday night football, too. I mean, the under was 45. I That's when I got it at. Um, it's the live under right now. Or the live total is 33. And I'd even take the under there, considering how bad this game has been so far, watching it myself. But you just never know. Um, but I, I do find uh, Bengals... Money line plus two seventy, kind of intriguing, just because you know it's. I think the Bengals are a, a good team, but I think their main struggles in this first half has been because Jamar Chase is not out there, and they just haven't been able to play enough without him yet to, I guess, um, maybe adjust or whatever term you guys want to call it. That's just the way that I see it. That's why I took the Browns because I just think it's going to take some time for them to uh, get over that that hump or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's not someone you can just replace. Everyone's, you know, says or a lot of people that I was seeing in the gambling sphere saying, "Oh, T. T. Higgins is going to get fed a ton of a ton of uh, targets, and he has like two catches for eight yards in the first half, something like that." So uh, we, we'd kill for T. Higgins and company. We would. We would. We would. <laughs> I think it's Chase, and he can't now. He can't score on the Browns. <laughs> Justin right. Fields is dropping 30 a week on two top five defenses. Sorry, yeah. cry me a river, Joe Burrow. Hey, perhaps. <laughs> I, I just I think that it's more about how they scheme it or whatever. Like, I think they're leaving Higgins in like his role, and it's kind of like a by a committee. And this is me just listening to Peyton Manning talk. Uh mainly. <laughs> that's that's kind of like what he said. It's kind of like he's I would say Higgins is now the best receiver on the team, but I, you know, I, I think they're just running their offense the same as if Chase was there, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they need to switch some things up in the second half. Maybe again, like Bengals on the money line right now, at halftime isn't a bad bet just because they are the better team. It's just when you're a, the reason I took the Browns is like those home divisional dogs. Like I love to bet the dogs uh, when they're at home and an underdog, like it's, especially if they're in division, because I just always feel like those games are close because both coaches and and teams know each other so well. They play each other twice a year and it doesn't work out every time, but more often than not, I feel well, I feel good about it. And I really felt good about it tonight with them really not having time to adjust without, without Jamar chase. So um, yeah, I, uh, you know, there isn't much else in terms of betting this game live. I I, I wrote some things down for the for the next slate this weekend, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like what you mentioned. I was when I was pulling up DraftKings uh, during the read, that was the one that I saw. And the score was only eight zero at the time, but getting the Bengals at plus two hundred or anything better than that, I feel like they can easily come back against the Browns in the second half. Again, I'm not watching the game, so it does make it a little bit more difficult for me to kind of figure mm-hmm. that out. But you saying it. Makes me feel really good about it. Uh, yeah. Looking ahead, like for this week on Thursday night, uh, I have like a little two-laker that I uh, am probably going to put down here after the show. I got the Texans. I'm going to have them cover the spread. It's at 13 and a half right now, and they've lost only one game by more than that, and every other loss that they've had has been much closer. That defense has been playing all right. Uh, as we've mm-hmm. known, we saw them about a month or a little bit more than a month ago. And then I'm going to just put that and add Miles Sanders scoring a touchdown. The Texans give up more touchdowns on the ground that they do through the air. So I, I feel like Sanders is a prime candidate there. Those will get you plus 320 odds. And I think plus 320 for you know a two-legger isn't all 
too bad. Is there anything you're looking at either Thursday night or over the weekend, Cody? I know you said you were kind of doing some research already. Yeah. So on Thursday, when I just you got it at 13 and a half, it's on it's at 13 right now on DraftKings. Um, if it moves up to 14, I might consider mm. the Texans, but usually these double digit spreads. I usually just take the under like, and I know it's a primetime game, so I'm going to take the under anyway, but like the big spreads, like it's kind of similar to what happened last night between the bills and the Packers Packers were 10 and a half point dogs, which they ended up actually put uh, covering. So that, that say something nice about the Packers. They covered last night. Thank you. Um, but the under was 47 and a half and it, it or the total was 47 and a half and it hit, it went under. They, I think it was 44 points i think that hit um and I, I it's just always about these big spreads the team that's the underdog you're you're wondering if they're just going to be able to put up any points against the superior team and um it really wasn't much of a sweat uh until the very end where you know i think the bills were driving but then i think they threw an interception or something uh he josh allen threw that second interception and then it kind of you kind of felt good about it um but in this game, Eagles-Texans, I mean, I do think the Texans are, are a competitive team, but you got 44 points here. The Eagles just blew out the Steelers. they mm-hmm. kind of been blowing out everyone. They've been covering, like, every game. I kind of lean towards just the total uh, just because, like, sure, the Texans could, com- could, could be in this game maybe for a half, I feel like, but will they be in it for four quarters? I personally don't know. And that's why I say that if it got up to 14, I would consider it. But right now, as we're talking, I, I'd probably just lean towards a total just because like the Eagles defense is really good. Their offense has clearly been able to do whatever it wants all season. But will the Texans have fun as well? I don't know. <laughs> and that's why I lean towards that total. Like maybe like I see I always see these types of spreads as as a game could be like, you know, 27 10 or something like that you know what i mean like like do you True. can you rely on the texans to put up any points and like sure they've been in games other against other teams but this eagles team is is really good so i i i take what the texans have done in the past this season with a little bit like with a grain of salt like sure i will again if it got up to 14 i'd consider it so um as far as other games though when i was looking at it just and this is based off just like looking at it right away. Um, I kind of like the Rams at plus three against the Buccaneers on the road uh, Sunday at three thirty. Um, I thought the Rams. I took the Rams yesterday, and for a half, I felt really good about it. They played really well in the first half. Cooper Cup was doing whatever he wanted, uh, and then the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey just kind of. I Kyle Shanahan adjusted whatever they did in the second half, and. And I don't know what happened to the Rams, but I can't. I last week I said I, I bet the Buccaneers to to beat the Ravens uh, on Thursday Night Football, and I said if if Tom Brady doesn't win on prime time as an underdog, I'm done betting. I'm on, betting on him the rest of the year. So I'm staying to my word. I'm taking the Rams plus three. Good for you against against the Buccaneers on Sunday because. Both these teams are struggling right now, but I still think the Rams are just in a better they have a they have the better roster right now. The Buccaneers, their offensive line is just in shambles. I I know Brady's getting a lot of slander. I don't necessarily think it's all his fault. Um but 
man, did they look so bad against the Ravens last Thursday. And maybe it's a benefit to them to be able to have the extra time to prepare for the Rams, but I just think the Rams, they're due. Like they were com- that one of the reasons I took them yesterday is because they're coming off the bye and like they, they've struggled this year, right? And for yeah. a half, they looked like that Super Bowl team that 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 they were. They really did in the first half against the 49ers. So now he's got to put it all together for a full game. The Buccaneers just haven't been able to do anything for the last couple. I mean, lose the lose the Ravens, lose the Panthers, lose the Steelers. I mean, it it's bad, man. So if you're if the Buccaneers are a three point favor here, you give me a field goal with the way that that offense is playing. Like I'll take the Rams and 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 ride with that. Um, so I like that, and then I like Seahawks. Uh, I got it at two and a half. They're two and a half point dogs. Uh, against the Cardinals on the road, um, some just some uh, trends for you. And I, I love to play this trend because I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury guy. Mm. But Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> is 9-15 and 15 against the spread as a home. All right, he's 9-15 against the spread at home. No, 11-17 and 17 against the spread at home and 5-11 and 11 at, uh, against the spread as a home favorite. So – he hasn't done well as a favorite or at home as a favorite. And I think nine and 15 against the spread is just as a favorite in general. So I don't know. I've kind of started to latch on to the Seahawks, um, you know, mojo, like a lot of people didn't believe it. I mean, coming into the year, they were the like most favored team to like have the worst record in the NFL. And here they are like five and three in the arguably one of the best divisions of football. Um, This Cardinals team, like, their offense has played better since they got D Hop back, but I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm just gonna take the team that's that's playing well right now in this situation. I think that the Seahawks are the better team, and and obviously a lot of point or a lot of money is coming in on them because I got it at two and a half, and it's down to one and a half now on DraftKings. Probably be more like a pick them on Sunday. So if you want to place the bet now, you can get the Seahawks on the money line at plus one ten right now. I, I think that's a really good bet just based off what we've seen from both these teams. Um, yeah, I, I, if, 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 if Hollywood Brown was back for the Cardinals, maybe I would change my mind a little bit, but the Seahawks, like Geno Smith is literally looked like a top five quarterback in, in the league through this, to this point. It's just so wild for me to say that, but it's just the fact. Um, so yeah, I like that. And then I guess the one noon game, um, kind of goes back to what I said about the Thursday night game, uh, the bills and the jets, uh, bills are 13 point favorites. The over-under is 47 and a half. I just think that's a lot of points. Like, I, I I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to help put up any of those points. Um, Zach Wilson is, you know, they're going to, I think they're going to re- start to open it up for him a little bit more, but like, I just don't know if, if it's, if, if it's going to be good or not, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it, they just, their offense without Brees Hall on Sunday against the Patriots just wasn't very good. And now they got to go up against the Bills. Granted, they are at home, so maybe maybe they'll play better. Maybe they'll get James Robinson more involved. I think James Robinson's pretty good. Um, but I, I, I just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I think 47.5 is a lot of points uh, as we sit here right now when you're when you're talking about, okay, the Bills, they're going to probably – you can rely on the Bills to put up at least – 25 to 30 points, even against this Jets defense, in my opinion. This Jets defense is shown to be pretty good, right? Right. Uh, but will the Jets put up any points? And main, most of their offense is via the run, and the Bills' run defense isn't 
It's it's not bad. So can the can the Jets get ten points? Maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> like that's like forty seven and a half just seems like a lot, man. For to 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 get from the Jets, and I feel like that's just an easier sweat than thinking the Jets is thirteen point home dogs is is fun to sweat out. I don't think that's fun to sweat out at all. So I'm I'm gonna take the under on that one there. So that's kind of the 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 three games that I've looked at. You know, I've looked at the Bears as well. And what I am surprised is that the total has gone down to 44. It was at 45 this morning. I mean, as soon as Roquan Smith was traded, I hit the over. I, I, there I, you I go. placed the bet I placed the bet on the over because like I just don't know how this Bears defense is going to do much. Like, well, what does Vegas know? It's down to 44. What does Vegas know that I don't know? What what do they know that we don't know, guys? Because, like, I, I don't understand. Like, I I am – I think that a lot of what we'll see the rest of the year is kind of – I don't want to say the Bears are going to give up 50 points every week like they almost did to the Cowboys, but, like, man, was it bad against that Cowboys offense and – but I also yeah, feel good yeah. about the Bears' offense for the first time in God knows how long, too. Like, well, and that's probably part of the reasoning is, I mean, they have the number one rushing team in the NFL, so they mm-hmm. they could potentially play ball control yeah. and keep away from the offense that is putting up points on the Bears. So okay. um, that would be that's probably fair. part of the calculus there. That's fair. All right. Well, either way, I, I took the over just because, like, I feel like, it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna kind of be similar to this last game. Maybe it won't be as bad. Like I don't think the Bears are gonna give up forty nine points, but you know you lose Robert Quinn last week because of the trade, and now they trade Roquan Smith. How is this locker room gonna react? How is this defense gonna react? Like I don't. I don't know. So I. I feel like taking the over, and at least if the Bears lose by double digits again, at least I'll know that I've got to see some points. Like I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. So um, maybe it's an overreaction. It's not it's not like an official play for me, but it's a that's what I feel. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Cody, thanks for hopping on, talking some bets here for a bit, whether it be tonight with the Bengals, Thursday night, and even giving us a little preview to Sunday. Uh, I appreciate it very much uh, for you taking some time and uh I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, man. You guys have a good night. See you. Thanks, Cody. You too. Oh yeah, we got that tailgate this weekend. Oh, that's right. Can't, can't wait for that. Right Bears, before the Dolphins game. Dolphins. We're gonna be at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt for the next, the second CHGO Bears tailgate. Uh, so we hope all anybody here tuning in or here watching this later, please uh, come on out and join us. Have some fun. We're gonna have some breakfast, drinks, and food for the early arrivers, and then. Obviously, all the amenities for your tailgating needs, a one-stop shop. You can park there if you want. You have parking and and admission options, uh, whether you just want to walk up or if you want to you know, park there as well. Plenty of parking available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look forward to seeing everybody out there. The first one was a lot of fun, and it's a um, real short walk to the stadium. So it's it's pretty nice. It's so, a breeze. That walk yeah. is a breeze. It's easy, and honestly, I, I enjoy that walk just to kind of get ready for the game. And I just love watching, well, people, I love people watching, but Bears fans in general and meeting the pillage. That's right. That's exactly right. So we have uh, a couple things I want to get to before we get there and to kind of wrap up this uh, episode here tonight. Greg, can you share the message that we need to have this week from Chi-Town Cornell? Uh, I sure can. Um, 
but you're gonna have to give me a second because I, I wasn't ready for it. I was no. not. I I apologize because yeah, I'm not ready for this at all. So maybe you want to take it away because now I don't have my notes with me. No, you're good, Greg. I can go ahead and take that here tonight. Here we go. I got, got it. it. I apologize. Totally throwing me off my game. Uh, <laughs> but re- but if you do have game when it comes to throwing bags, Chi Town Custom Cornhole is the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders for your beer, your whiskey, and Coke, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior, handles for easy carrying, and handcrafted scorekeepers. They're veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. Specializing in corporate designs, for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. So go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chitown Custom Cornhole Boards. Uh, you know, Christmas season is, is upon us. So get your Christmas shopping out of the way early for your best friend or family member that's a tailgater and a and a good bags thrower. So I did. You know, I see CHGO, our, our guy, uh, our producer in the chat. I, I fumbled the football, <laughs> but with the hits philosophy that we're all buying into here with Matt Eberflus, you go after the loose ball. You don't panic and forget to pick up the loose ball. You jump on it and you recover it. I mean, Justin Fields, he has – like 11 fumbles on the season, but only one lost. And that's because we follow the hits philosophy here. There we go. In Chicago. I like it. You also, I guess, exposed yourself <laughs> that now I find it that you're one of those people that can't get past Halloween before you say it's Christmas season. Let's just get to tomorrow first. Yeah. And we have Thanksgiving and as a fat, the resident fat guy here at CHGO, you know, I'm excited for Thanksgiving, you know, uh, you know, our guy Cody was talking about spreads a lot. And I know Justin, my buddy, Justin was in the chat, just ready to fire up that Greg likes a good spread, but not of the betting (laughs) sort. So yeah, Thanksgiving's on the way, but Christmas shopping, you know, that Christmas shopping for my mom is all season round, but after October, after Halloween, you better start getting to some of your shopping or else you're going to be one of those last minute guys That's right. running around while the stores are empty. Well, we all shop online now, so nobody goes to a store anymore. So Fair <laughs> enough. But no, I, I like to wait at least until November 1st officially arrives before I say it. But real quick, I just want to give you this scenario. Your kicker is lining up for an onside oh. kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high. The tension is higher. Your pulse racing he kicks and you watch as the ball lands make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl and their unbeatable offers right now new customers can make any five dollar nfl bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins so go ahead and check this out in addition to the usual bets everyone can boost their winnings with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays Obviously, you can do that here for the Monday night game that's going on right now. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. 
Download the, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game, only a DraftKings Sportsbook using our code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Greg. So I told you at the top of the show that I had a whole idea for an episode before this whole Roquan trade just <laughs> blew it up. You text me all the notes and then... Five minutes later, we trade Roquan and you text me yep. like, all right, forget all that. <laughs> forget all of it. The one thing, though, that I wanted to at least discuss, and I know we're literally knocking on the door at the end of time, but we can make it quick. Do you believe the game has officially slowed down for Justin Fields? Like, that's what I'm seeing when I'm watching the film. Like, during my rewatch today, there are just times, whether it's his pocket presence, because early on in his career, earlier this season, whenever there's a guy coming down off of the edge, he had a hard time making that guy miss, and he was sacked more times than not. But now he's able to kind of use that rollout very effectively, Mm -hmm. make that first guy miss, either gain yards with his feet or keep his eyes upfield and make a throw. Or if there's a defender coming down, using some of that arm angles, get the sidearm in. I saw plays with pressure right up in the middle of the pocket. He hung tough, was able to deliver a nice ball with touch and accuracy. There's just so much about Fields' game that is screaming to me that he's had enough experience now where the game is officially starting to slow down for him a bit. And on top of just the adjustments that the Bears have made since the mini-buy, I think this is also a big reason why we're starting to see a jump. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing incremental improvement every week. Now, how is his drop back pocket delivery and presence. I mean, I still think there's a lot of work there, but they're not doing too many, you know, three-step drop, five-step drop, you know, just a, a regular five-line pocket. You know, they're moving him in different ways, and and that's where I have to credit Luke Getzey a lot. I feel like the play calling has been great here the last few weeks. As I mentioned, fantasy-wise, I mean, I know nobody cares about fantasy stats, but it does – you know, show you how he's doing just as from a production standpoint, as Adam Hogue mentioned yesterday on our postgame show, you know, he's top four in the league in, in fantasy as quarterback. And I think it might be up since uh, Sunday's game. So the production is there. They've added this wrinkle with the quarterback uh, design runs, which I think keeps defenses off balance. They're doing different things to move them around outside of the pocket to make throws. So I'm seeing a lot of that. Uh, the uh, This last game, if we want to talk some of the improved uh, throwing of the fo- football, some of his short passing, which Adam Hogue has been very uh, critical of, some of those little short, quick passes, you know, just one step, boom, get it out of your mm-hmm. hand. He has trouble. He's had trouble hitting those passes. Well, last week, a few times where they had him rolling out and then you see that defensive end crashing down on him. He delivered the throw to the flat, whether it was Darnell Mooney with that beautiful sidearm throw. And he had mm-hmm. another one earlier in the game. So I'm seeing that, you know, you saw the deep ball that was right on the money to Vales. Overall for me, the thing that I'm so impressed with, with Justin Fields is his ability to move on to the next play, his toughness that he's shown, um, you know, to be able to have Bayless Jones drop a pass, not blink, continue to move the chains, get down the field. He throws what you think is an interception, but wait, there's a helmet to helmet, comes back. He's not rattled. The physical toughness he showed by taking the hit, standing in the pocket, and the mental toughness to move on from that mistake he made mm-hmm. and throw a strike to in Keel Harry. 
right there for a touchdown. So, and that was a really nice pocket throw to, yes, it was. You know, so, you know, there isn't too many pockets, but that was one of them. So, you know, it's incremental improvements each week. And I have to give a ton of credit to Luke Getze. I think between the two of them, they are really starting to come together. And when you consider the talent deficiency that this offense still has for them to, you know, improve the way they have is exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they can continue that here as the rest of the season goes. Yeah. And I know if the game continues to slow down for him, because he's getting to that point where he's had like a full season under his belt, then you can really start. I just think building on your game, make throws and plays that, you know, he's made a lot of great ones, but I think there's just more available to him as the game slows down. And I just see him going through his reads, his progressions more and not being, you know, as timid in the pocket, seeing the ghost, haha, Halloween. I had to throw that in there uh, that we've seen uh, earlier in his career earlier this season. And I, I just feel like if the game continues to slow down at this rate, we're going to see even better things before this season's up, despite the talent gap. So that well, and you actually- saw and you saw him going through those reads in the New England game, maybe mm-hmm. more so. I have to go back and watch the Dallas game. Haven't had a chance yet between uh, work and Halloween and everything else. Um, so you, you'd be the one to tell me how, but there was some, there was ones in the new England game that were obvious, even on the telecast, how he's, it was like his third and fourth read at times. Uh, so you're seeing it now, how many of those that they don't, they move the pocket so much and they do so much on the move with him that we're not seeing him as a pocket passer quite yet. And that's okay. I mean, build him up to becoming that quarterback. I mean, it takes some great quarterbacks years to get to that point. And that's a, if he is a weapon with other, if he's a weapon in other ways, use him as that weapon and build up to that point where he becomes this traditional pocket passer that most quarterbacks have to become to win a Super Bowl. Correct. And one other rewatched revelation that I had was, you know, I saw the play from the kill Harry, the touchdown catch. I saw him catching the one on the outside earlier in the game too. I'm like, all right, he's getting involved in offense, man. Did I not appreciate his blocking ability in the live telecast of this game as much as I should have. He had a key block on the Khalil Herbert touchdown run, sealing off the backside at the second level. He had another one when he kind of lined up as like an off ball tight end. I was able to take a linebacker out of the play, set that edge and allow the bears to kind of go through the crease there. And I know that's been a part of this game, but I think him coming back as much as we're talking about this big red zone threat for Justin, his ability to block and his ability to block in the interior of the defense, not just like the DBs and the corners, I think it's going to just really help this bears offense. And it's just been something else that they've been missing throughout the majority of this season. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. And you know, all the fans, including myself are questioning, are, are the bears going to look at taking some of these picks they just got and flip them for a wide receiver to give Justin Fields help now. Well, all of a sudden, and Keel Harry shows up and within a two weeks, he's already gotten in the end zone. He's made key blocks on plays, played way more snaps against Dallas than I was ready for. And he, he looked more than prepared for that. Uh, and they got the, him for a seventh round pick. So that's mm-hmm. pretty good. That's pretty good. And, and Byron Pringle should be back soon. Um, you know, is he some star studded wide receiver? No, but I always thought he was solid in Kansas city. So mm-hmm. you, if you can add him to the fold, you have Nikhil Harry, everybody I've been, I used to call him Nikhil Harry. And then I heard Adam Amin calling him Nikhil Harry. 
and I feel like Adam would know better than me on the pronunciation <laughs> there. Uh, he's pretty uh, pretty good and a, and a top line professional when it comes to calling games. So I'm going to go with how he calls how he says in kill Harry. But you got in kill Harry, Byron Pringle, who I think is shifty when he's healthy, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet getting in the end zone. That's right. Since 2020, what you know? So. Then you have all these other pieces that, you know, uh, Dante Pettis and, and St. Brown that have had plenty of opportunity here and, and gotten some chemistry with uh, Justin Fields. So, you know, what's funny is what we thought was going to be the disaster that was this offense to start this year. Now, all of a sudden, is going to be our bright spot, our beacon of hope <laughs> for the rest of the year. And that is great news for Bears fans. And as long as they can continue to have this, these kind of games that they've had the last couple of weeks against really good defenses. They're not going to play great defenses like they've had on the road here these last two weeks. Now they're at home this week. Dolphins gave up 30 points or so to the Detroit Lions. So I want to keep seeing them grow offensively and then, you know, hold on for dear life defensively as the year goes on. <laughs> Cody Whitehair is going to come back too. That's true. That's a really good point. And there's, I think, Positive momentum being built here, and I will take any bit of that that we can in year one of a rebuild. It's exciting stuff. Yep, it absolutely is. All right, so to be completely transparent, I was at my son's championship game yesterday in like the 40 degrees and rain. Congrats to your son. I saw the picture. Thank you. I have dealt with my throat being on fire all day long, just being <laughs> in the cold elements, just being soaked and drenched all day yesterday. And it's getting to a point where I think I need to pop another like cough drop in my mouth here in a few minutes. So I'm going to call this an episode, Greg, and start doing some self-care if that's okay. Yeah, no, I got to raid Addison's um, uh, treat <laughs> candy bag. So I got things to do too. <laughs> there we go. The good old dad tax or whatever your family calls it. Yeah, for sure. And yes, uh, Ryan's in the chat saying he's a bricklayer. He's got a lay block. I got a lay block tomorrow too. So we appreciate everybody tuning in, you know, uh, hit that like button on the way out for sure. 100%. And while you're there, hit the description and click the link to our tailgate, get yourself some tickets and come hang out with us on Sunday before the bears take on the dolphins. Yes. First tailgate, like Greg said, massive success. And I just can't wait to see how these things grow this season and beyond here at CHGO. But that's going to do it here for tonight's episode of CHGO Bears After Dark. Again, Roquan Smith, no longer a bear. He's a Baltimore Raven. But maybe there's some positive things still brewing here in Chicago for the Bears. At least Greg and I think so. But I will see you all on Thursday for the Audible preview show with Nick and myself. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>